All right. Good morning, Crossroads. Oh, that was wonderful. I actually don't have to make you do it again. Fantastic. I am so glad you guys are all here this morning. My name is Lance. I'm on staff here at Crossroads. It is my joy to be with you this morning. If this is your first time to Crossroads, let me say welcome to you. So glad you are here. You made an excellent choice to join us this morning. This is an awesome place. I only go awesome places, so... (laughs) Let me tell you. Um, if you, if it is your first time, I invite you to text that number on the screen behind me, maybe, yes, possibly, there it is. Um, text that number and we will send you a little welcome text. It's a great way for us to know that you were here and a way for you to get some information from us. Also, I invite you to fill out the communication card in your program. Um, that's a way for you to let us know you were here and we would love the opportunity to pray for you. So uh, throughout the service, if you find a minute, go ahead and fill that out and you can drop that in the offering basket at the end of the service. Also, in your program, you will note there is some uh, big events coming up here at Crossroads. We love to have fun. We always have something going on. First one I want to call your attention to in your program is a Mission Peak hike. We do this every year on New Year's Day, uh, bright and early. So for those of you who like to stay out late and party the night before, maybe this isn't for you. Maybe it is. Maybe you stay up all night. I don't know. That's your call, not mine. But here's the deal. You're going to meet at uh, the uh, Starbucks on Mission Boulevard near Ohlone College at 8 a.m. on New Year's Day. Uh, and then Paul is going to be there. He was our fear, fearless, no, not fearful, fearless, uh, very different. A fearless leader will take us up to uh, the top of Mission Peak. Uh, It's an awesome hike. The plans take about four hours, so uh, the first half of your day there. But I highly recommend that hike. It's a lot of fun. I'm not going to do it, but you guys should really, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm sleeping. It's New Year's Day. All right. So, but do that. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, I also want to uh, point out that uh, coming up, we have First Wednesday coming up. And this, yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, It's going to be a worship concert. So for those of you who love to uh, worship and music, this is going to be a great chance to do that. Also, we want to start the new year off right. We are going to have a special blessing for each and every person who feels like they want that um, at the end of our first Wednesday service. We're going to have our pastoral staff and leaders um, up front here to, you can come down and receive a personal blessing. So definitely be here for that, a very special experience. One last thing I want to call your attention to is that next week, we are starting a brand new series of messages called Multiply, right? We are actually going to be talking through the book of Acts. Um, looking at the first church, but really it's going to help us get our souls right, get our church right, to prepare for the growth that God is going to bring us as a result of our new worship center. So I highly encourage you, if you call Crossroads Church your church home, even if you don't, if you're just checking us out, this is an awesome opportunity to get a little bit more information about kind of who we want to be as a church and who we are as a church as we prepare for what God is going to do here in the new year. All right? So um, I definitely want you guys to come back next week, but this week we are wrapping up a series called Realistic Expectations, and we're going to be talking about having realistic expectations for the new year. Now, one of the expectations that I have for the new year is I expect 2016 to be a heck of a lot of fun. Anyone with me on that? And I want to get things started off even before the new year starts. So today, right now, this morning, we're going to have a little bit of fun. You guys cool with that? Nobody's interested? Are you guys cool with that? Okay, so we're going to play a little minute to win it game. You guys like minute to win it? 
Good, me too. What I need is one volunteer from each section, okay? Now, before I pick volunteers, you need to know that this does involve some physical movement, all right? If you have neck issues, this is not your game, okay? So if you are willing to play a minute to win a game uh, and you do not have any neck issues, raise your hand. I need a volunteer from this section, any age, child, adult, it doesn't matter, anything in between, right here, this section. I'm coming to you guys next. Right here, come on up. All right. Get on up here. I'll give, you, give her a hand. All right, come on up. All right, this section. Oh, oh, right here. You are so excited. Come on up here, my friends. All right. Come stand right over here. Come on up. Stand right over here. All right. Let's see. All right, right here. Come on up. You got volunteered. <laughs> come on up here. All right. I'm going to have you stand right here. All right. Tell me your name. Lauren. Lauren. All right, Lauren, this is your, you're, you came from this section. So section one, Lauren is your representative. You guys got to cheer for Lauren, okay? All right. Alan, center section, Alan's your man. All right? Sorry, I couldn't see your name. Raina. All right, Raina, section three, Raina's your girl right here, okay? So, let me tell you, the name of the game that we are going to play is called Reindeer Nosedive, okay? So, let me show you how this works. I'm going to give you guys, oh, mine's purple, it's the tester, right? But you guys are all going to have red noses because Rudolph is our favorite red-nosed reindeer. And what you guys are going to do is you are going to take uh, some Vaseline and you're going to put it on your nose. I'm going to give you a hint. The more you put on, the easier this will be, but the sillier you will look your call. Okay, and what you're going to do is I'm going to give you one of these. You're going to put it in your mouth like this, and you're going to try to swing it with just your neck to get it to stick to your nose, like this. I've been practicing all week. I haven't done it yet, but maybe you will, okay? So I'm going to give you guys your noses and some Vaseline, okay? So go ahead and stick your finger in there, get some Vaseline. Like I said, the more you put on, the, the more sticky it'll be. Okay, and here's your nose. Oh, oh, sorry. Your nose is on the ground. Okay, here you go. Get some Vaseline. Like I said, the more you put on, the stickier it'll be. And here's your nose. There you go. All right, Raina, grab some Vaseline. Oh, there you go. She got a healthy, two fingers getting in there. All right. Okay, so go ahead and rub that on your nose. Get ready. There it is. All right. All right. Don't be dainty about it. Okay. Oh, you're probably going to want that. The game will be significantly more difficult without it. Okay. So you guys got to cheer on your section's representative, okay? All right. Hold on. I didn't say the magic word yet. All right. Contestants, are you ready? Audience, are you ready? On your marks, get set, go! Go, go, go! Timer! All right, keep going, keep going! Keep going! Oh, you almost got it! So close! So close! Oh, Lauren, that was close, that was close! Keep going! Keep going! Smaller swings, Alan, smaller swings! There you go, just the neck. There you go. Oh, that was close. Come on, Lauren, swing that thing up there. Oh, that was close. Cheer on your contestant. Oh, oh no. 
You only have 30 seconds left. Keep going. Keep going. Get those swings. See, I don't feel so bad for not being able to get it now. Oh, you guys are close. You're close, Lauren. Come on, keep going. Alan, you're almost there. Swing that thing. There you go. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Oh. All right. Okay. Well, an A for effort to every single one of you. All right. Uh, audience, give your contestants a round of applause. Now, because we didn't have an official winner, you guys all get the constant. Oh, I saw well, I saw you pick it up and put it on your nose. I saw some cheater fishing. We don't have any of that. We are Christians here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, uh, but all of you will get the consolation prize, which is a baby wipe to clean off your nose. So here you go, and you get to keep your nose. Whoops, sorry. I'm just throwing it all over the place. You guys got to pick up your own stuff. You need five? Yeah, okay, here. here. Here, take a chunk. There you go. Enjoy. All right, you guys can go ahead and take a seat. Thank you so much. Great job. All right. As if by magic, the podium appears. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for having a little fun with us. Uh, I think that it, it's, it's safe to say that we live in a society where everyone wants things fast, right? We desire instant gratification, just like the game we were playing. At time, always seems to be of the essence, right? Get it done quick or lose. You guys feel what I'm saying? Okay. I mean, if I have to wait too long in the drive-thru, I get angry. Okay? True story. This happened to me not too long ago. I'm going to the drive-thru. There's this big, long line. I finally get up to the little speaker box thing. And I'm, the lady goes, oh, welcome to so-and-so. Can I take your order? I start to rattle off my order. I'm like second item into my order. And the lady goes, oh, hold on just a second. <sighs> like I fill with rage. If you weren't ready, just say, hold on a second. But like, don't tell me you're ready and then not be ready. Anyway, I get so impatient, right? Gang, we get impatient for waiting for our food to come out of the microwave, Okay, that is a sad state of affairs. When three minutes seems too long when you're craving popcorn, yes, okay? Guys, that's just, that's no bueno, right? Any amount of time that we spend at a doctor's office or a restaurant seems unbearable. Let us not even get started on the DMV. Um, <laughs> at the same time, one could say that in this day and age, we waste more time than ever before. Check this out. According to a recent newspaper study, the average person spends over 100 minutes on social media every day. Anybody more than that? Okay, some of you are willing to be honest. Um, now, check this one out. This one blew my mind. Netflix recently reported that their average subscriber, average subscriber, spends almost 47 hours a month streaming TV shows and movies. And that is a 350% increase from 2011. I don't know if that hits you guys the same way it hit me, okay? We act like we hate wasting time, yet many of us are handing over hours a day to things that ultimately have no real significance. And in many cases, they add nothing to our lives. Now, with that in mind, I think it's safe to say that we could all benefit from identifying some ways to manage our time better in the new year, wouldn't you say? 
Okay. So as with any issue, the first thing we should do is see if the Bible has anything to say about this. And wouldn't you know, it does. Um, I found a couple of verses that I think really help kind of point us in the right direction. And there will be on the screen behind me as well as in your outline in your program. I think there's a goldenrod piece of paper there. Is that what it's called? It's the piece of paper that's got the outline on it. Light can. Okay, that's what, fantastic. <laughs> the piece of paper that's not the program that's inside. Um, so check this out. Psalm 90.12 says this. Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. What does it mean to number our days? Well, let's think about it. While we may not know the exact number of days we have left to live, we do know that we do not have forever to live on this earth. So keeping that in mind that we have a small number of days that make up our life, how do you feel about the way you spend your time? Are you a planner? Are you a procrastinator? (laughs) Do you even think about how you spend your time? Or do you just kind of let whatever happens happen? But most importantly, where does God fit into any of that? So uh, look at the next verse. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17 says this. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. I've never really thought of my days as evil, except Mondays. Uh, But therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Right Now this verse says to be careful, to live wisely. But how does that relate to time management? Well, more ways than we would think. Look at it this way. How we spend our hours adds up to how we spend our days. And how we spend our days adds up to how we spend our lives. So if we're spending our days wasting time, avoiding what we need to do, that essentially becomes how we spend our lives. And that, my friends, is not wise. This verse also urges us to make the most of every opportunity. It says, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, what's the best way for us to have a clear understanding of God's will for our lives? Read the word. Be in the Bible, pray. We got to spend time with God, right? By praying, by reading the Bible, the more we are spending time with God, the easier it will be to make the most out of every opportunity. Got another verse. Check this one out. James 4.14 says this. Why you don't, you do not even know what tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow. I swear I can speak. Um, (laughs) What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That sting anybody else? Your life is a mist. The life we lead, the one that we are so concerned about, the one filled with good and bad and happy and sad is but a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. In other words, our lives are but a blip on the, on the radar of eternity. So why not make the most of the time that we have? Whether or not you decide to take charge of your time, guess what? It's going to pass by either way. Monday through Friday, you're going to go to school, work. You're going to do homework. You're going to deal with coworkers, juggle projects, family schedules. Our living years are going to happen regardless of how you manage your time. But 
if we want to make the most of them and we want to live the way the Bible says we ought, managing our time in a wise way is a must. So how do we do that? I came up with a couple of practical steps. Um, there are seminars that take up entire weekends that are devoted to that. You can decide for yourself if that's a wise use of time. However, I kind of condensed it into three little points here. So the first one is this. Make God your first priority. Make God your first priority. Friends, no matter how busy we get, no matter how much we have to do, no matter what, spending time with God needs to be our number one priority. If that means we have to sacrifice something else, so be it. This is the one choice I promise you, you will not regret making. I have never met anyone who has come to the end of their life and said, man, I really wish I'd spent less time praying. Never heard that. I really wish I spent less time reading the Bible. I've never heard that. Not saying it's never happened. I've never heard it. But I I guarantee you that if we make God our first priority, the other things in our life will start to fall into place. Which leads us to point number two. Prioritize your life. Prioritize your life. Regardless of your age, this is a critical step in time management, gang. Each of us must decide what is most important to us. Which people must absolutely have time devoted to them each day. How much? But really even bigger than that, we must establish what or who is master of our lives. If I decided today that monetary wealth, getting rich, is my most important goal, my priority number one, then how do you think I might schedule my day? Where might I spend my time? Work, right, do whatever. I'm going to do whatever I can to fill the pocketbook, right? Um, Just, I'm going to make money. However, if I decide that pleasing God is my number one priority, how might that affect my day? Well, I'd certainly be carving out intentional time to spend with him. Uh, But I'd want to make sure that I was spending time loving and caring for my family. That I was being a good husband, father, friend, neighbor. You get the idea. Our priorities dictate where we spend our time. Our priorities dictate where we spend our time. And conversely, I would say that where you spend your time communicates what your priorities are. Um, To quote Mumford and Sons in one of their songs, they say, where you invest your love, you invest your life. Wise words. All right, number three, hold yourself accountable. Hold yourself accountable. After you know what your schedule should be, pray over it. Like, ask God to help you achieve all that you need to achieve in the time that you have to achieve it. Pardon me. Um, We need to ask him to help us manage our time better. Then we need to find someone to help help hold us accountable to this. Maybe it's a pastor or a small group leader here. Uh, Maybe you have a friend who's working on managing their time as well, right? But connect with that person Getting a weekly text or having a face-to-face conversation every now and again can be a great reminder and a great source of encouragement to keep up the good work that we've set for ourselves. Like, I think a lot of times around this time of year, we all get these lofty goals of like, 2016 is going to be different, right? Like, I am going to be 150 pounds and I'm going to look like Brad Pitt by the end of this year. Okay. Now for me, I'd never make that goal. It'd be silly. But the point is, is that like come January 4th, like, did I say something last week? I don't remember. Anyway, where's that uh, buffet at? Um, 
that's just me. Um, but gang, I'm telling you, like when we keep ourselves accountable, when we communicate our goals to other people, especially other people who share the same priorities we do or are trying to work towards the same goal, we're able to keep each other accountable. Another way to do that is hold on to this outline. There's three very awesome verses on there. And when we can refer back to those verses that we talked about today, the ones that talk about how we should spend our days, right? We can refer back to that every now and then. Watching the hours tick by as you scroll through Facebook or binge watch a full TV series on Netflix seem significantly less appealing when you're reminded of how short your life is. At least for me. Now, each of us will learn plenty of things this year, uh, and I hope that time management is one of those things. It isn't just a good skill to have. It is a step in the direction of living how God has called us to live. We only live once, right? Hashtag YOLO. (laughs) Okay? And we only live for a short time. There are going to be things you have to do. There's going to be things you want to do. And there's going to be the things that God has called you to do. And just being honest, I think it can feel like those things start to pile up really fast. But if we are prepared by having the right mindset, the mindset that knows that God has blessed us with this life and that we want to make it as good as possible, the next year will be so much better for all of us. So learning to manage our time is one of the best places to start when it comes to living a simpler, more focused life. God is the best one to help us with that. I challenge you to ask him to help you this year, right? Gang, he loves us more than we can possibly imagine, more than anything else. We are his most prized creation, and he wants to see you succeed and thrive in this life that he has blessed us with. Amen? All right, so I'm going to bring up Pastor Paul right now, and he's going to keep the fun going. You guys okay with that? All right. Thank you, Lance. Yes, sir. Can you put that back oh, here? For I'm me? Trying to clear a stage for you. I'll tell you Thank what. you, man. I'm Absolutely. going to just put it right here. Right. Hey, everybody. Good morning. It's great to see you today. I hope you and your family had a wonderful Christmas. I know for my family, I wanted my family members to have a great Christmas this year because I want to tell you, so this year I spared no expense. I went all out and I bought my family some sweet gifts. I'm telling you the the best (laughs) gifts. And I wanted you to see that because uh, uh, in this game we're going to play, it's the same with the prizes. I spared no expense and I got some great prizes for a game we're going to play right now. A very simple game called Real or Fake. Here's how you play. I need six volunteers. And what I'm going to do is bring you up here. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you a picture on the screen. You have 10 seconds to tell me if the picture is real or if it's fake. If you get it right, you win a great prize. Six volunteers, who's in? Okay, one here, two there, three there, four right there, five right there. And six right there. Come on up. Come on up, guys. Line up right here. Come on up, Barbara. You're going to be first. Leo, you're going to be second right here. Line up. Go to the Phil. Rich, why don't you be last? I want to save the last one for you. So, okay. Just, just saying. Okay, so here's how we play. You got 10 seconds. I'm going to show you a picture. We're going to start with Barbara right here, Barbara. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. (laughs) This picture on the screen right here, is that picture, is it real or is it fake? What's your answer? Real. So her answer is real, and and the answer is, it is real. That is Dean Potter, tightrope walker. 
And you, have, you win a prize not only for you, but all of those sitting near you. Reach inside the bag, and whatever you pull out, you got to share. Oh, Hershey's bars for her row. All right, Barbara, congrats. Leo, Leo, come on over. Okay, this next picture. You know, DNA is getting out of control. All that, like, crossbreeding and genetic testing. Now, this next picture, is this, is this mooseroo? Oh, no, I think it's a kangaroo. It's a cross between a moose and a kangaroo. Now, I know it looks crazy, but... There have been some crazy things done with DNA testing. Is that real or fake? I'd say fake. He he says fake, and the answer is, it is fake. All right, Leo, reach in the bag. Whatever you pull out, you get to share Milky Ways for your row. Go on down. Okay, Phil, thank you for volunteering, buddy. Happy New Year to you. This next picture is kind of a tough one. I want you to take a look. Now, now... I, I, I got to be honest with you, people. I, I don't remember seeing the whale when I was, when I was, I never saw it. I never saw it. But I wanted you to tell me, Phil, is that picture, is it real or is it fake? He says fake. And the answer is, it's fake. It's fake, people. All right. Another winner. Reach in. All right. Reese's for your role. Congratulations. Happy... All right, Maria, thank you for volunteering. Now, this next one, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Now, now look at this one. Now, now you got to tell me, is this real or is it fake? Okay. Okay. She's, she's thinking fake. Do you want to? Do you want to phone a friend? Do you want to? I'm not trying to. Okay. Is that final answer? Is she says fake, and the answer is it's real. There's an ant photographer named Andre Pavlov who does pictures with ants, and and uh, it's a real picture. And so Maria, congratulations, you are a loser. Get no, no, get over here. Get over. We have no losers at Crossroads. Go commiserate with your. All right, all right, okay. All right, this next picture, I want you to take a look. I want you to tell me, is that picture real or is it fake? You got 10 seconds, you got like four seconds left. Okay, is it real or fake? He's saying it's fake and the answer is, it's real. That is actually a hotel in Korea that they made to look like a cruise ship that was landed. So, all right, reach on in. We're not going to leave you empty-handed. Thank you for volunteering. Hershey's bars for you. Okay, Rich, we saved the best for last. Okay, guys, in this picture, you need to tell me, Pastor Dwayne and I, are we, are we, (laughs) are we holding real beers or are those fake beers? Okay. He says that they're fake, and the answer is they're fake. I don't drink fake beer. Come on. (laughs) So, all right. Thank you, Rich. We leave you with some Kit Kats for your row. All right, buddy. Happy New Year. Love you, man. Okay, guys. I just wanted to play that game to lead into our talk about realistic expectations of the new year, because Sometimes we have some real expectations, but sometimes 
they can get on the fake side or the unrealistic side. And so here's the deal. So many of us, when we think about the, the new year, we, we all want a fresh start. We all want like a new beginning. And we all want 2016 to be a little better, a little better than the year before. Now, it's important, that I, it's important before we launch into the new year, I always try to take some time to reflect on the past year. I mean, can you believe how quickly 2015 went by? It went by like fast. And we can jump right into the new year and, and not even take some time to think through, what did, what did God do in my life in 2015? And guys, here, here's the deal. Some of you, you had a great 2015. It was like a banner year. Like, like it was awesome. And some of you, you're going, man, I cannot wait for this year to be over. Man, this was a tough year, and I just want it to be done, and I want to go into the new year. And I want to say, regardless of whether it's been a great year for you or a tough year for you, I want to point you to a verse on your outline to just remind you what, a, what the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon, said in Ecclesiastes 11, 11, 7 on your outline. He said these words, it's a wonderful thing to be alive. Friends, you're alive. You're alive. It's a wonderful thing to be alive. That means whether your life has been great or it's rough right now, you're alive, meaning God's not done with you yet. He's not finished writing your story yet. There's still hope for you. It's a wonderful thing to be alive. One of my mentors once taught me that our lives are like railroad tracks of good and bad. Like they're always side by side. No matter how good things are, there's always a little bad going on at the same time. And no matter how bad things get, there's always some good going on in your life. There's always some things to be thankful and grateful for. So on your outline, what I did is I just kind of want to give you to to maybe grease the wheels a little bit, to kind of get us rolling on reflecting on 2015. I hope that you'll really walk through this with me. If you look in your outline, I want you to reflect back on this past year. And the first thing that comes to mind, just jot it down on your outline. It will help you for what we're going to do in just a couple minutes. And I want to walk you through reflecting on what's a blessing that you're thankful for this year. Some of you, it's maybe your family or that you have a job or, or your health. But something you're a blessing you're thankful for, just jot that down. What, a, what about an accomplishment in 2015 that I'm proud of? What did you accomplish this year? You look back and you say, man, in the midst of everything, man, this is something that I accomplished and I feel good about it. Like for me, uh, my wife Karen and I, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. That was a big accomplishment. A few times along the way, I didn't know if we would make it. But we made it 25 years. What, what's an accomplishment for you? Next one is a challenge I faced. What is a challenge that you've overcome in 2015? Like for me, when I was doing, when I was doing this, I wrote down hiking to the top of Angel's Landing because I'm afraid of heights and I overcame some fear and, and I accomplished it and I made it to the top and I faced that challenge. What about you? What's a difficulty or a challenge that you got on the other side of it? And then the last one, a way that God has grown me this year. How did you grow this year? Like for me, God grew me in trusting that he's ultimately in control. 
been pushing so hard to get this building going, and it's so exciting to see the steel going up, but it's been a long, hard year. And along the way, God taught me that, that he's going to build his church. My job is to trust him and follow him and obey him and let him do his work. And I've just really grown in my trust of God. How about you? How have you grown this year? Have you, how has God grown you? So you have those written down. Here's what I, I'd like you to do with all of that. In a faith-filled way, kind of wrapping up 2015, I want to give you a chance, if you'll turn your outline over, I want to give you about four minutes to just write a, a thank you note to God. Like, whether it's been good or bad, like God's carried you through this year. You're here, you're alive. To just take some moments to write God a, a note of gratitude for what he's done in your life. And so we're going to play a music video called Thank You, Lord. And while the video plays, that I want to just give you, the, that's your time to think and to pray and to write And then after the video's over, I'm going to come and talk to you about what happens next. So let's have our video, and you write your thank you note to the Lord. It will really bless him. Amen. You know, I want to just tell you one of the things that I'm most thankful for is being part of such a wonderful church family. And I love you, Crossroads, and I want to tell you, I want to talk to you about what happens next. You know, so much of the Christmas season, we focus on Jesus coming to be born in a manger. And you all know the story, and we try to keep that in the center of our Christmas. But what happens next? Like, what happened after Jesus was born? And many of you kind of connect this story. Like, immediately, we read about how the wise men came, and they bowed down and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and how God warned Joseph and Mary in a dream to flee to Egypt because Herod was going to kill all the children in Bethlehem. And so they went to Egypt, and then when it was safe, they went back to Nazareth, where they raised Jesus. That's why Jesus is called Jesus of Nazareth, because that's where he grew up. But what happened next is I want to point you to the only passage in the whole Bible that gives us an event of Jesus's childhood. And I think that as we see, when we see how Jesus grew as a child, it will give us some insight on some realistic expectations on how we can grow in 2016. So there on your outline where it says, what happens next? Let's read about this story from Luke 2, 41 through 52. It reads this way. It says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. Now, what I want you to understand is that for Jesus and his parents, Mary and Joseph, this was an annual trip. The family would go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And friends, the Passover was a big deal. It's a time when the Jews remember how God heard their cries and God saw their suffering. So he raised up a deliverer named Moses. And then it's, they celebrate how God miraculously set the people free from their bondage to Egypt and their life of slavery. Now, I want you to understand that, that going to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, that'd be like us going to New York City on New Year's to see the ball drop. I mean, it was like a big celebration. And then the story continues. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. And three days later, they finally discovered him. Parents, can you imagine three days? Probably included that first day of travel, a day coming back, and a day looking through the city of Jerusalem. Now, you may be wondering, well, what kind of parents were they that they'd let their kid just disappear? But let me read to you a note from my study Bible that says this. At age 12, Jesus was considered almost an adult. So he probably didn't spend a lot of time with his parents during the festival. Those who attended the festival often traveled in caravans for protection from robbers along the Palestine roads. The women and children usually would travel in the front of the caravan with the men bringing up the rear. Now, a 12-year-old boy conceivably could have been in either group. So Mary and Joseph probably assumed that Jesus was with the other one. Parents, we get that, right? Well, I thought he was with you. No, I thought he was with you. You know, that type of deal going on. Well, let's continue with the story. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Now, again, most parents can relate to that emotion of frantic searching. Like when you lose a kid, like most parents that I have talked to have at least one story when their child got lost on a trip or in a crowd and this feeling of of just utter panic. Story continues. Jesus said, but but why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. And then the very last verse, it ends with Luke 2.52, and it's a verse that I think about every year. At this time of the year, I I think about this verse because as a Christ follower— I want to be like Jesus. I want to grow the way that Jesus grew. I want to grow in, 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 character, in his character, in, in his words and his deeds. And this passage tells us how Jesus grew as a person. It says these words. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. See, guys, Jesus grew in wisdom. It means he grew mentally. He had, a, he had a sharp, focused mind. He grew in stature. He grew physically. He was healthy and strong. He grew in favor with God. He grew spiritually and in favor with all the people. He grew relationally. And all of these are very common New Year's goals and resolutions that people set, right? They want to grow like they... And a lot of people set goals for education and to grow that way. A lot of people set goals like to lose weight and get in shape and to grow in stature. A lot of people set goals to grow spiritually or or relationally. I know when I set goals, I try to set goals in all those areas to grow in wisdom. I mean, I know to be the pastor I need to be in the person, like I'm not smart enough. I mean, I need to keep growing my mind and I'm already thinking about what books do I need in 20 need to read in 2016 
One book that I've committed to read is the Bible. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want to know God better. I want to know his word. So it'd be a worthy goal. I'd encourage you to make one of your New Year's resolutions is to have some daily Bible reading time and to grow in stature physically. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm just finding, man, it just takes a lot of energy to do life. And I, man, I want to be physically strong because I want to serve God the best I can for as long as I can. And relationally, I want to have a great relationship with my wife, my kids, with my friends and co-workers. And I usually set some goals to grow my marriage and to grow as a parent. But the one goal I want to talk to you about for just a moment is that says Jesus grew in favor with God. In fact, on your outline, would you circle that phrase? Favor with God. And not only do I want to grow this way, but I want you to grow this way in 2016. Let me explain it this way. This is what it means to have favor with God. Do you know when my son, Tim, when he is honoring me and he's doing what I'm asking him to do and he's getting his schoolwork done and doing his, his chores and he's respecting his mom, man, he has my favor. He has my favor. And when he has my favor, I want to bless him. I want to give him extra privileges. And when he asks for things, it's so much easier for me to say yes, because he has my hand of favor on his life. Can I tell you, it's not a question of love. I love my son no matter what. But can I tell you this? When my son's giving attitude, when he's not following through on his commitments, when he's being rude to his mother, then he asks me for a privilege. Can I tell you my answer? No, no way, son. I'm sorry. No. And, and it's because he doesn't have my favor. See, he has my wrath or my frustration or, or my discipline. And, and here's the deal. I, I want to grow in favor with God. And I understand to have God's favor, that comes when I love him and serve him and obey him and follow him, live with the right heart and the right attitude, then God places his hand of favor on my, on my life. And I want to grow in God. In fact, I want 2016 to be a year where my life is marked by living under the favor of God. How about you? I want that for you. So let me tell you about some realistic expectations for 2016. Let me remind you that a year is a marathon, not a sprint. And the reality is you're going to have some great times and you're going to have some tough times. You're probably going to have some, some health and feel really good. And you'll probably have a little sickness in the year as well. You can expect some victories and some failures. But here's what I want you to know. You, here's what you can count on. In 2016, you can expect that every day of 2016 that God will love you unconditionally because that's who he is. That God will be with you because he promised that he'll never leave or forsake you. And you can expect his hand of favor on your life if you position your life to love, honor, serve, and obey him. And that's what I want us to pray for now. I want to pray for God's hand of favor on your life. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's what I want to pray for now. Let's pray together. 
Lord, I thank you that that you carried us through 2015, that you are there to love us and provide for us and to help us through every challenge. And we want to say thank you for our lives. Thank you for bringing us through this year, and it gives us confidence for the next year. And God, I pray that this next year that you'll really grow us, that you grow us in wisdom and in health, that you grow our relationships But most of all, I pray that you place your hand of favor on each and every person here for Christ's sake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.